Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. You've been missing these seats, haven't you? Oh, my you? gosh. Sitting here with Tom Dorian. Tom, I am so happy to be sitting you in the luxurious corner. You had it, oh, did you? This is awesome. Welcome back. Well, it's been a while. Uh, you know, we we always spend the summer in Lourdes, France, which I, you could mm-hmm. call me blessed. You are blessed. I get a little tired of the croissant and the cafe au lait, but... I don't know how you get tired of that, man. Well, because you have it like every stinking day. Yeah, that's tough. Y'all have something other than bread here, you know. <laughs> it's uh, But it, it's good. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just a long time away. It is. And But I love having all those sh- shows from Lourdes, France, our French Catholic cafe. It's, and people like shows. it. You know, we have some really, meet some really neat people. Yeah. And you were telling me you love that show that we did with the uh, the person that had a miracle. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, and so it's just like we meet those people, and it's like it's just amazing conversations. Yeah, you guys warned that that you cried when you heard her story. Oh yeah, I heard it, and I almost cried. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, there's some incredible it was powerful. stuff. Powerful, powerful stuff. So uh, you know, it's good to be back sitting in the yeah, corner booth, back. especially because uh, I just got back from the most challenging thing I've ever done, bar none, in my entire life. It's uh, it makes you appreciate this uh, authentic Nalgahide. Yes, exactly right. The uh, I, I feel like I am certainly in luxurious yeah. uh, seating arrangements here in the luxurious corner booth of the you Catholic survive, Cafe. You get a smile on your face. Yeah, so I leaner. I've got uh, I've got uh, a couple of s- s- scouts who are kind of wrapping up their scouting career, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just in the nick of time, we'll talk about what's going on with the Boy Scouts another time. But but uh, I got uh, I've got six sons. Four of them are Eagle Scouts. I'm very proud of them for, for what they've done in, in scouting and, and what it takes to become an Eagle Scout. And I got two more on their way mm-hmm. who are just right around the corner from being Eagle, Noah and Eli. There you go. And one of the great things you can do in scouting uh, is w- go on one of these high adventures. Okay. Now, when you hear the words high adventure, yeah, you're thinking like Disney World. Yeah. Like, you know, you go on a ride, and they have a little bar that straps you yeah, in. You remember the jungle, the jungle yeah, tour? That's yeah, that's a high adventure, yeah. you know? Hey, that's yeah. a funny little alligator yeah, there. You know? Yeah, Squirt exactly. water at me. Yeah. So, or an elephant, whatever. So, exactly. So that's not that's not what they mean in Boy Scouts. It's not. No. Uh, in fact, um, Philmont Scout Ranch is where I went in Cimarron, New Mexico. So okay. they basically uh, drive you into the middle of this desert. In July or August? Well, this was in July. Either way. It's yeah. not cool. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's you very know it's warm. A, well, well, okay, but so let me just tell you uh, some of the uh, okay. some of the atmospheric conditions tell and us. some of the the environment yeah. that you know. First of all, you're in a desert, so it's hot and dry. You're in New Mexico, right? Right, it's hot and dry. I think it was like 95, and they go, "Well, it's a dry heat," you know, like <laughs> it's still hot. So is you a know, convection frying, oven. Yeah, you're frying you know <laughs> eggs on on rocks nearby, and uh, but but. But you'll go, you know, this, you're already at a higher elevation. You're right. like 7,500 feet when you're out there. But when you get up to, uh, like, some of the peaks of these mountains, you're suddenly now at 25 degrees, and there's frozen precipitation up there. Yeah. Right? Because you're, you're at 11,000, 12,000 feet. You're experiencing things that oh, just yeah, aren't normal. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're also, we went on a trek that was, uh, it was listed at like 68 miles, but we calculated we did about 80. 
You're kidding. No, 80 miles. Because, you know, we, we're not. We, we, How did you do that? Because, you know, <laughs> the, the mapping and whatnot, you get lost. And, yeah. Uh, you end up backtracking a little bit it's and a whatever. Guesstimate. And there's these side hikes and things. And so it really, uh, it's a long way to go. You, you do this over a 12-day period. Uh, and um, and so and also you're carrying a 50-pound pack. You're All carrying right. everything. Yeah. You know, you got the couch, you got the microwave oven, everything is on your back. <laughs> right. I don't know if I need these tennis rackets, but I'm going to, you know, you you got it all. Whatever you want, you got to you you carry it, right? Uh, and, of course, you, you're on these treacherous paths. Now, I'm, I'm sure the Philmont people, the scout people are going like, he's not, this is not true. Y'all don't listen to him. I'm just telling you my perspective. It was right? treacherous. For me, I'm a 55-year-old man. I had no business being out there. Right. I mean, all these little spring chickens, these little mountain goats, 15-year-old kids hopping around like, wee, this is fun. I was struggling. I bet. This was hard. And we were on we were on paths that, you know, they, they were well laid out and well marked, but they're miles and miles and miles. And they're going up this mountain and down that other side. They're going up this craggy, rocky cliff. And then they're going down the other craggy, rocky cliff side. You know, and, and they're not like these national parks. You know, if you've gone to the national parks and you follow right. this trail, it's like blaze. It's like 12 feet wide. Right. Right. And, and, and it's like well marked and it's like very level and smooth. And there's not big boulders and whatnot in your way. You're well, taking the narrow path. Oh, yeah. And, now, you know, you've seen the pictures like where you, you see people like in Timbuktu or whatever. And there's some mountain. Right. Uh, region, you know, and they're going along, they're like, and Sherpas are falling off the cliff, you know. <laughs> That's what we were doing. Oh, dude. I mean, literally, and I'm not saying anybody fell off a cliff, but I don't know why more people don't, because there's yeah. no guardrails. Right. They're, they don't have, like, fences, like, Mm-mm. you know, you're, like, standing right there on the edge of the Grand Canyon, and you're looking down in it. You know, and you got kids sitting there going, watch this, you know. <laughs> it's like, I was a nervous wreck half the time. But there were, like, some... There were signs, and they were they were teaching like orienteering and all that kind of stuff, and how to read a compass. And so, they didn't want to have really good signs, and they they did a good job of having not so good signs. You know, some of them weren't there, and some things were just unmarked. And so, you had to kind of figure out where you were, which caused us to go extra miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I I, I think that uh, it's just I don't know. We were there in July, and we find out well, July is monsoon season. Oh, fantastic! So you're in a desert. You go up into these mountains, and it's monsoon season. So every stinking day, it's raining. Oh man! And it was uh, it was it was That's tough. Miserable. Now that makes it sound miserable and horrible. It really does. And, and this big picture, you might thinking like, what does this have to do with your faith? I'm going to get there. Yeah. Stick with me. You you got to stick with me and figure out. Got to be what's a narrow path in their stories. The, oh, there there's there's some That's good there's some it. good stories about this that really uh, are, are positive. But I do I do want to say at this juncture, it's really beautiful. Oh, I bet. Some of the most amazing views. I mean, when you're up looking like 5,000 feet down into a valley and you can see all of creation, it's just amazing. There are no words for that. Oh, it's just, and it's virtually unspoiled. The scouts have done an amazing job of of keeping it. Preserving. Just preserving it and and keeping it, uh, um, uh, just keeping it well conserved. In fact, I'm going to give a shout out to a good Catholic guy from Minnesota who I met while I was there. He's working with the Conservancy folks okay. with with scouting there at Philmont Scout Ranch in Cimarron, New Mexico, and his name is Mark Pettinger. I think I'm pronouncing it Pettinger, and uh, or maybe it's Pettinger. But but Mark, mm-hmm. good Catholic boy. He let me know after I was talking to him about where he was and what what we did or whatever, and I was asking him about conserving. But they really take that seriously. So when you yeah. go in there, it's beautiful. It's pristine. Yeah. 
right? And, and they're really about leave no trace and, and taking care of our resources and our environment. And so that part is actually beautiful. But I, I reiter, reiterate that this was the hardest thing ever. Hmm. If you were like, what is the hardest thing you've ever done, Tom? Have you ever thought about that? I'm talking about physically, spiritually, mentally, and just everything. I Intellectually. I've been on that one for a while. Yeah, think I can about think of it. the physical part. Was it like a two a days? Oh, it was yeah, college. It was three a days. Three a days. Oh, yeah, it was rough. So football practice. It was rough. All right, so multiply that by about 50 <laughs> and do it all in a 10-day span. And that I'm not saying tough. you didn't work your tail off. I yeah, know you did. Tough. And I've seen, I've seen some of these guys do what they do on the football field. I right. know it's tough. And, you know, the coaches are always proud of how many guys threw up. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. I love to tell you for whatever reason. Yeah. It was the hardest thing ever. And I made a, little, a short little list of all the things that I encountered. Right, just the, just the, what I yeah. experienced. So this is internal. This is me. Okay. This is what I physically encountered: heat exhaustion, which includes uh, like sweating, cold sweat, profuse, um, pounding headache, muscle cramps, and nausea. So that's part of the the heat exhaustion part, right? I had altitude sickness. I didn't think I would experience that. That hurts. It was terrible. I had uh, a high fever. I had nausea from that, and I couldn't eat. I couldn't keep anything down for two days. I ate like a half a bagel or whatever. So you're marching like 20 miles on a half a bagel. A half a bagel. That, that's hard to do. Of course, a dizziness and fatigue that come with altitude sickness. Uh, I hyperextended my knee, which is kind of nice. That hurts. I folded it up in a rock. It got stuck, and I went down further, and, it, and like it went, it went the, other way. The, the way it wasn't supposed to. Right. So then it swells up, so I'm walking around with this balloon that hurts. knee. Uh, I had multiple cuts and bruises. Did you have a brace for that, by the way? No. I mean, you're... You just had to gut it out. Yeah. Well, or you could, you know, I, I, I want to reiterate that you can raise your hand. Okay. When you get to a, a camp that's stick staffed. Stick a wagon in the back or something? Well, they have these uh, these people, and they go in, they, they, they truck in, and they, they'll carry you out. They take wow. you off trail. So you refuse to raise your hand. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to. Good for you. And there's more about that. I'll talk about that okay. later. But also, we had I had a lots of cuts and bruises, and that's like a minor thing. And normally, a cut and bruise would be bad. One time, I was struck by a boulder. You were struck by a boulder. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No way. I'm standing here on this this path. It's like maybe 18 inches wide, and all of a sudden I hear this this, and all of a sudden this boulder that's maybe like it's only a foot, maybe it's a foot. It's a big rock. rolling down the hill, hits me in the back of the leg, and then sort of like gives me a nice scraping, gashy thing. Man, you're lucky that didn't hit you in the head. You know what's so funny though? It's it's I felt like a father of nine. When I was talking to my wife one time on the phone, and, and she, she's like very casual, and I'm saying, oh, well, you know, whatever, honey. And she goes, hold on. Noah just stuck a fork in the electrical outlet. I'll call you back. She said it so, no, so matter-of-factly, you know. And I'm thinking, like, her son almost got electrocuted. You know, well, it's a big deal. So this boulder hits me, and I'm like going, yeah, it was just yeah, a Yeah, whatever. I'm okay. Um, so then multiple bug bites. And I got to the point where I didn't care about bugs anymore. Look, it's a bug. Oh, he's biting me. Are I don't care. Mosquitoes or hornets Everything. or you take the pick. All the above. There were stingers. There were non-stingers. There were things that just eat you. And I don't know what they are. I had sunburn. You know, <laughs> and that's my fault. And of course, pounding on my knees, which I have bad knees. Pounding on my feet. It was. Uh, it was. It was terrible. Especially going downhill. Your toes sh- shove up into the front. I still can't feel some of my toes. It's awful. Uh, I had bruising on my hips and shoulders from this fifty-pound pack. And, of course, dehydration. Right. And, you know, five liters of water weighs 11 pounds. <laughs> and you've got to carry that stuff with you wherever you go. So it was horrible. Then I had the external problems right outside of me. 
So the heat extremes, the cold extremes, the oh. altitude, right? The hard climbing up and down the rain. We had gully washers. Mm-hmm. We had hail. We were pummeled by hail, right? Uh, lightning, horrible, horrible lightning storms. Two, the first two days were there. Or the, or sorry, second, day two and day three, we're in a lightning storm. That's and we're climbing good. up Uraca Mesa, which is like this 150, 300-foot um, straight up. You're like on your hands and knees climbing up these rocks that are kind of falling in the middle of a lightning storm. You know, they're very precautionary with all these. Like, you're supposed to take these precautions. You're yeah. supposed to get assume this position and wait 30 minutes or whatever. Well, the trail is like a foot and a half wide, and you have nowhere to go. You and you've got going. 12 people in a row or 11 people in a row. It's like, keep going yeah, you until choice. you get to the top. Yeah. Then you get to the top and you see like trees that are all burnt out oh, from wow. lightning strikes. It was pretty horrible. That is horrible. So more to talk about all that stuff okay. when we get back. You're going to want to hear the good okay. stuff. It's coming up right after this. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. The world has long wrestled with belief in God, belief in a supreme and loving creator who transcends all things, all spaces, and all time. And countless words of wisdom have been written through the ages by Catholic and non-Catholic thinkers alike about the meaning, importance, and construct of faith. American writer and poet Elizabeth York Case writes, There is no unbelief. Whoever plants a seed beneath the sod and waits to see it push away the clod, he trusts in God. St. Thomas Aquinas, doctor of the church, writes, To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. If a man wishes to be sure of the road he treads on, St. John of the Cross tells us, he must close his eyes and walk in the dark. Faith, says Helen Keller, is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt writes, He who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses much more. He who loses faith loses all. St. Augustine, early father of the church, reminds us, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus himself speaks of the great power and promise of this gift of faith. He tells us, For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. As defined in our Sunday Visitor's Catholic Dictionary, faith is the first of the theological virtues. Together with hope and love, faith brings about the life of sanctifying grace in the human person. Faith is truly a gift from God. We cannot manufacture it or create it out of nothing. It is not a faucet that we can turn on or off. No, it is indeed a beautiful and precious gift given out of love to each of us from God. And by definition, because it is a gift, it must be received. And once received, it must be nurtured, tended, cared for, cultivated, and developed. Faith must be lived or it will die. It is only in living a life of faith that we are truly alive. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I do not take this luxurious corner booth for granted, Tom. I don't blame I'm you. I'm so happy to be here. And, and uh, you know what? I, 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 that whole first segment sounded like Philmont Scout Ranch was the most awful experience ever. And to some degree it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to beat up those people because there are people that love this stuff. And there's people listening to me going like, you are a big baby. Right. I wasn't prepared. I, I admit I wasn't prepared. How did you lose, by the way? I lost about 15 pounds. There you go. But I think I got it back here pretty quick. Did you? <laughs> yeah. You get a couple of double, double cheeseburgers and That'll do it. milkshakes. That'll take care of business. But... Uh, you know, it really is a beautiful place, and and I really do love how they've taken care of it and all that. I, I just need a little more truth in advertising. Like they should look at me and go, "Sir, you shouldn't go there." <laughs> no, sir, you should. No, sir, just trust me. You just should not be going there. Right. That's what I needed, but I didn't right. get that. In fact, my doctor, everybody said, "Oh, you're cleared." Cardiologist, they all said, "You're fine. Don't worry about it. Y'all have a good time. Y'all cook some s'mores and some weenies." And it's like, <laughs> nope, no weenies, no s'mores. <laughs> Nothing but purgatory. <laughs> You know, and, and, and really, you know, all those terrible things externally, all the, the just the, the, the rugged environment, you know, uh, and, and all the things I encountered. But 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 like just like going over boulders and, and, and under trees and around things, we crossed over so many creeks. And I'm thinking, could somebody not just get this straight? Let's just stay on one side for a little while. How, but, did but you cross the, over like on top of a tree or so they would like drop a, a tree you know, they'd saw a tree in half, yeah. so you'd have like a 10-foot-long natural, natural bridge that would yeah. kind of fall over. Or they would play strategically place stones mm-hmm. that you would kind of hop, skip, and jump over. Right. And depending on whether the creek was high or not, you would or would not get wet. And if you got wet, you just walked it off. You just, I mean, there's yeah. nowhere there were no dryers or right. anything, right? So it's, it's really just like existing out there. Yeah. So lots of that kind of stuff, and these switchbacks are nightmares. When you come down a hill, and just to make it so that it's not quite so steep down you or do a up, switchback. they'll do a lot of switchbacks. Yeah, so that's, you, that's like monotonous. These zigzags that go forever, and you think, like, am I ever going to get there? Right. That stuff was hard. <laughs> now, all this, most of this, I experienced really within the first two or three days of doing yeah. this. Yeah. And when you're looking at a twelve day trek, oh, I got yeah. a little disparaged. I'm sure. I, I was. I was like. I'm oh, not trust me. The lightning for me. I'd have checked it. I'd have been oh, going. Oh man! So all of that stuff on top. Of, and I was physically at the end of. There's just no way I could go any further. And then it, and then I'd find out. Well, you can either die on the side of this mountain or you can walk more. Yeah. You know, and and so, so to some degree Choose I had to your do voice. that. <laughs> but it was uh, it was the hardest. I mean, literally the most grueling thing I've ever done. And wow. I think even if at 55. You know, even if I had done more preparation, it still would be hard. And it is always going to be the hardest thing I ever did. Yeah. Ever. And uh, so I was ready to quit. Now, at the same time, I had two boys with me. And it's right. such a great experience. One of the things that was a blessing of this trip mm-hmm. was just how I bonded with those two boys. Well, I'm sure. Noah and Eli, I'm calling you out, guys. I love you so much. It was so incredible. I mean, we cried together when we got to the top of Mount Phillips. I mean, we, wow. we, we accomplished something that I would have never thought possible. Wow. And if you were there, Tom, you would have said, he ain't going to make it. He ain't going to make it. There's no way. He's making it. No, no, he can't. He's going to He's going to die here. This is it. No, <laughs> he keeps going. He will not stop. That's and great. I, and I, and you know, and they all wait on me and to have all the other boys cheer me on. I was the slowest one in the pack. I was the slowest wow. guy, wow. but they would wait on me and, you know, cheer me on and whatever and, and give me words of inspiration. So, but with my boys, especially, and I got to tell you, Noah loved it. That's he great. knew it was hard. He admitted it was hard. It's like, dad, it was hard, 
But I, I kind of enjoy this. This oh, is fun. Great. So maybe he'll be one of those guys that goes back multiple times. Yeah. There's nut jobs that do that. <laughs> I've logged a thousand miles. You know, I'm 83 years old. It's like, dude, you are, you were abducted by aliens. I don't know where you come from. Right. But you're not normal. But then there are, there are people that love the the, the, yeah. the outdoors and the wilderness in that way. Yeah, but this is rigorous. This is not just hiking, you know, through a national park, you know, looking at pretty flowers. This is really, really rough stuff. Right. Um, but my boys, you know, Noah loved it. Eli didn't. He didn't and, like and he won't be ashamed of me saying, like, he was ready to go. Yeah. He and I were conspiring after two days. Really? Hey, man, we're going we're gonna to fake an injury. We're going like, <laughs> to gonna, we're gonna save face. We're going to fake an injury. Dude, yeah. if that's what it takes to get off this island, you know, we got to get off. Yeah. we got to get out of here. This is not for us. He's like, Dad, I just don't like camping. I just don't like this. I just don't enjoy it. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking... I just, I prayed about it mm-hmm. and I thought, what, what am I going to teach my son if I quit? Yeah. Now that was hard, Tom. Oh, that was very difficult. It was hard, but I, I think God opened my eyes. And, and so I started talking to Noah or Eli and I said, well, first of all, I told Noah, I said, dude, I don't know if I can make this. He goes, dad, you know, it's okay if you don't. I mean, he yeah. really was okay with it. Yeah. But then I started talking to Eli and I said, dude, we can do this together. Yeah. One day at a time. And we did it one day at a time. We, we prayed more than we've ever prayed together. That's you know? great. Said, son, pray for me. And I said, I made a pact with Eli. And I said, I will get you out of here alive. And you will get me here out of here alive. We're not going to let, e- we're, we're going to leave. Neither one of us is going to be left behind. Wow. We're going to make it out of here. And we yeah. did. Yeah. We persevered to the bitter end. And now you can look back and Eli is so proud to say that I did that. Yeah. And I'm saying, Eli, you can accomplish anything in your life if you could accomplish that. Yeah. As much as you detested that process. You overcame it. You were victorious yeah. with the help of the Lord. Now, what I will say is I have never prayed. One of the blessings, I've never prayed so much in my entire life, ever. Wow. I literally play, prayed over w- thousands of Hail Marys. That's a lot coming from you. Hail you're, Marys you're a galore. Yeah. So I started my days with Hail Marys. And then the, by when it got really grueling, and usually after about four or five hours of hiking and you're going uphill, Jesus, I trust in you. No. What I was praying now that's 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 beautiful and there was a couple times I yep. did I did a divine mercy but um, what I I did the Jesus prayer mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ Son of God have mercy on me a sinner Lord Jesus Christ Son of God have mercy on me a sinner we've done a show on that right. from Lourdes last year you should look it up and it's it's a great prayer and I found myself praying that I prayed that thousands upon thousands of times with every step that's great and I reached a point in my prayer. It's just really, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I really had an out-of-body experience. It's almost like bilocating in prayer. Mm-hmm. My body was praying that. The words were coming like hushed out of my lips with every breath that I took, with every step that I took. And yet I was able to offer that prayer. I was able to think about that prayer and then offer it specifically. So then I was offering that prayer for people. Oh, wow. I, I, I think that first I, I purged myself of every sin through my, through through this purgatory of Philmont. Mm-hmm. I, I think every sin that I ever had was burned away. Just just, just burned away. But I really offered all the sufferings up for specifically my kids, for my wife, I offered for the priests of our diocese, for my friends. And I found myself like having just these times of offering at the same time while I was doing the praying, which I know that sometimes is hard, like when you pray a rosary to always keep meditating on the mystery right. while you're doing the Hail Marys. Yeah. Somehow I was able to separate those two, and it just really enhanced my prayer life. And it was the most spiritual I think I've ever been. Wow. You know, and really, I think that's because of this other moment that's important that I had. 
And that is that I, surp- I surpassed what I believed I was capable of physically. Okay. I overcame what I, was, what I thought that would have been my limit. I would have said I could never do this. Mm-hmm. And I quickly saw I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And yet with the power of God and giving myself over to that, having the mission of helping my sons go along and all this, I was able to overcome that. Wow. And so you realize just how much we rely on God or what we can do with God. And so if you're saying like, well, how is this Catholic or whatever – that's how it is. it is. Yeah. You start realizing how much we really need to depend on God, and we can't do anything on our own. Right. You know, I also saw a blessing of the kids, the other kids in this trek, and the other adults. Uh, and by the way, thank you to Mike Price and Victor Buckholtz for getting me through this thing. Mike Price being levity and being a friend here, and Victor Buckholtz for lying to me and saying, oh, no, no, we're almost at the top. We're right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he knew we weren't, but he, he knew I'd also quit if he said, oh, by the way, this is going to be the hardest thing you ever have to do. Was anybody else close to you as far as wanting to quit, or you were the pretty much well, the guy? Well, I found out Mike said, you know, dude, I was ready to cash it in two days. But oh, I wow. didn't say anything. And I think I would have been like, if I'd have done that, like the bricks would have unraveled. So I, I kind of held it together or whatever. But I think uh, uh, Victor and Mike for really helping me. I couldn't have done it without Victor. I couldn't have done it without that attitude yeah. and that positive uh, spin on everything. But, good guys. But, but the boys were amazed me. This, our trek, our group, our crew turned into a family. Isn't that great? You know, kids carried things of mine. Oh, wow. They reached out and said, Deacon, let me, let me carry the – you know, the, the kid that I sponsored uh, in confirmation. Yeah. Um, he's like, uh, Hey, uh, let me, uh, you know, Tim Souser, let me, let me, let me, let me carry your tent for you, Deacon. For the last six days, he carried my tent. Tim did that? Yeah. Little Tim, little oh tiny Tim. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so the other guys, uh, you know, Michael and, and, and some of these other, uh, kids were just, just put like, they just like, Hey, what, what is it in your bag? That's heavy. Let me carry your water. Let me do whatever. I couldn't have done it without them. That is awesome. And when you realize just how we work together. Yeah. Right. And then of course, the immensity of God. Yeah. Seeing that in nature and being oh, out yeah. in God in nature. So the whole thing is, I don't know what you can do, what individuals can do, whether it's like, whether you're doing exercise and pushing yourself, yard work, things that you hate, tiresome, loathsome, monotonous stuff that you have to do, whatever you do. You know, if you start thinking that you can overcome this and you can do this with God and it enhances your prayer life and people work together, it's amazing what yeah. it'll do to your faith. That's that's awesome. So this was a powerful, powerful experience. I'll never do it again. <laughs> Mark my words. But I'm so glad I did. I was so Amen. blessed in the experience and so much closer to God for it. Let's thank Mary for getting me home. <laughs> Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now now and at the hour of our our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.